Welcome to another episode of I Am Nano. Putting the I in I Am Nano, I am your host, Irfani. And I'm your other host, Monica. And today we have a special guest for our Nano Life series. We have a professor from the US, and he will be sharing his experiences and advice and opinions on pursuing a professorship in the USA if you know, once there's a lot of po- a lot of PhDs here who wants to do and pursue academia, academic career in the future. Yes, yes, that's why I'm ecstatic and super excited to introduce Professor Ben Meekins. Welcome to the show, Thank Professor. Um, so, Dr. Meekins, um, should we call you Dr. Meekins, or can we go with Ben for the rest? Or ben, ben, ben is absolutely fine. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. And so with let's go with Dr. Ben. That's <laughs> so, perfect. Yeah, that, that, that's what I usually get. So yeah, that's perfect. Okay, good. So Dr. Ben has a background in photovoltaics, solar fuel conversion, and catalysis. He holds a bachelor's in chemical engineering from the University of South Carolina and a PhD from the University of Notre Dame, where his thesis, and excuse me if I butcher this because it's so outside of my field, but his thesis was photocatalyst slash co-catalyst systems and their roles in enhancing water oxidation. That's awesome. Sounds yeah. sounds really exciting, actually. Um, and then a postdoc, you did a postdoc at the University of Texas at Austin. So yes. wide range of experience. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, look forward to diving into that a little bit. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, so let's start from, you know, just telling us a little bit about yourself. So what are your hobbies, interests, and role models in both scientific field or just in general in life? Absolutely. Um, so uh, my, in, in terms of hobbies, it, they, they vary pretty widely. Um, kind of depends on where, where my brain is at uh, at any given moment. Um, I, I have an interest in, like, I guess, Carpentry is probably making it sound way better than it actually is, but you know, wood woodworking and and trying to build things. Mm-hmm. Um, I like being able to. I like working on on like trying to repair stuff. Um, so you know, trying to fix things that break down. Um, I grew up playing uh, baseball and football, so I played baseball for twelve years, uh, basically from from the age of six to the age of eighteen, and then football from about uh, let's see, seventh grade, so probably like the age of thirteen to the eighteen. Um, so, I, you know, I, I enjoy sports in general. Um, definitely, uh, probably college football is probably my absolute favorite. Um, you know, just, you know, I, I appreciate the talent that goes into professional football, but yeah. it's, you know, some of the stories that come through in college are, are always a lot of fun. And um, mm-hmm. there's a lot more uh, just just joy and happiness at, at with among the players that are playing. Um Outside of that, I, I really like cooking. Um, I also like playing games. Um, you know, you mostly on on PC. Um, and I've got two daughters, uh, so one the my older one is doing uh, coach pitch softball, and my younger one is just is doing t ball. Um, and we'll be doing what they call junior coach pitch next spring. So it's sort of like a combination of coach pitch and t ball. Um, so I help coach both of both of their teams, which is something else <laughs> it's a lot of fun imagine a, a bunch of you know four-year-olds running around oh, uh, so cute. Playing t-ball. <laughs> it's, it's it is a hoot um, awesome. yeah it's really great uh in terms of role models um probably my biggest one was my dad uh he i mean he, he basically showed me what it was to be a good father and and how to treat people especially mm-hmm. um 
he so when I was really young, he he had to work a lot of, you know, I think basically six days a week. Um, he was an accountant, but he, at the time, the job that he had, he had to pretty much work six days a week. Um, and like I said, you know, I played baseball starting from six and in at least in little league, I think he missed, he missed one game in six years. Wow. Uh, and, and the game that he missed, it was because he was in the hospital getting his gallbladder taken out Ooh. and he still tried to get to the game. He just couldn't get discharged fast enough. So like that's, wow. you know, that gives you some idea where he's at uh, in, in terms that, of being. A, a good father right uh you know and that's then, a great father yeah and and yeah. in terms of treating people you know he by the time I was in college he had he had worked his way up from being an accountant at like a smaller company to being the CFO of one of the of the education foundation at the University of South Carolina here wow. um so you know he was in charge of like 300 million dollars he could have just exerted power more or less, right. And, and right. sort of bent people to whatever he wanted you know, at any time, but instead he, he made the active choice to, you know, if, if the university was wanting to build something in the neighborhood, he would go and talk to the neighborhood leaders and say, this is what we would like to try and do. Here's why we want to do it. But we don't want to just, you know, overturn your apple cart and just, you know, come in and, and bulldoze your neighborhood Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do to 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 find something that that sort of works for everybody? Uh, and, you know, and, and there there were, you know, he like the, you know, he, he he butted heads with, with the historical society a couple of times. But even there, it wasn't. Fully adversarial, it was, you know, it was them saying, look, we think this is an important historical thing. And, you know, sometimes he would disagree and say, uh, yeah, but but is it really, though? Um, but they would always try and find something, you know, they, they would try and find some sort of mutually acceptable solution to the story. And, you know, he passed away in 2017 and we did like a, you know, we had, we had our, our family funeral, but we also had a public one and it was a 500 seat venue and it was standing room only. And I mean, I had, you know, like I had my, my middle school football coach who coached yeah. me for one year. <laughs> yeah came out from Texas to attend this public funeral. Like that's, that's the impact that he had. So, you know, I know that, that was a whole lot about him, but that that's, that's why he's my role model uh, in terms of, of not just being a father, but a husband and, and a son and everything else. This overall great human being. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you know, I'm sorry, obviously I'm biased, but you know, he's a great guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> And that's, yeah. and that's why, yeah. you know, so, so I try and, I try and, you know, emulate it basically and, and you know and oh so, that's yeah. amazing yeah that's so he amazing. left a really strong legacy oh he did that was yeah. what i'm yeah, 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 yeah absolutely really yeah very sounds so awe-inspiring just to be able to have that kind of impact to so many 500 people mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's amazing. i'm sure more would have come <laughs> if the venue was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah possibly yeah that's a great um that's that's a good thing to leave behind that that you have mm-hmm. that I'm trying to think of like a, a role model in science. It's it's sort of a combination. Um, so I I worked so at Notre Dame. I worked with um, Prashant Kamat. Um, so he's uh, he's really well known in in the field of like semiconductors and photocatalysis and that kind of stuff. They did a lot of work on solar cells, um, a lot of very fundamental work. So he has a, a I think it's still a femtosecond. So they they have when I was there we had a femtosecond 
transient absorption spectroscopy system uh, and a, a nanosecond flash photolysis transient spectroscopy setup. So we basically you could probe like super fast processes and then the ones that sort of you know ran out to longer time scales. Um, mm -hmm. but I know like, I think they still have those same systems. I don't, I don't think they've gotten any faster yet. I know he, he had people reaching out about like at second transient spectras, you know, whatever. So maybe, maybe it's faster at this point, but he, they do a lot of work with like perovskites and, you know, all, all the, all the newer types of solar cells. Um, but he was, he was probably my first role model in science, uh, just in terms of sort of knowing how to, how to develop a project. So he, he taught me, he, he, you know, he was, he was my advisor. He taught me how to develop experiments, but, but not just the ones to where you're trying to see how stuff works, but also the, you know, thinking about things like the sort of blank experiments that you need to run to confirm that what you're doing is what actually causes it to happen. Because like that's running that blank is actually where my first paper came from. So we were doing this, it, it was deposition of gold on titanium dioxide nanotubes. And, you know, we were seeing this increase in photo current after the deposition of the gold, but he came and said, you know, all right, do, do the same. Like we applied a, a negative potential to get the gold to reduce from solution on, you know, into like nanoparticles on the nanotubes. And then, and he said, you know, okay, so run that same experiment, but without the gold. And so right. we did it and I met, you know, I measured before and after and the photo current still went up, not, not quite as much, but it was still like, a two or three times increase and so of course now you know then all of a sudden that spun off into a whole separate thing and we actually never we never published the gold thing <laughs> um we, we published what basically amounted to the blank experiment uh with with some additional stuff done to try and understand what was happening but you know so that that was that was sort of what he taught me there um and the other one the other guy that i would probably mention is he was actually not I, I did research for him, but I did the research <laughs> as it, after I, my, my postdoc position got cut, it was, it was during the government shutdown in the U.S. at the end of 2013. Um, oh. My funding got cut because they did oh. that like across the board. Uh, it's like a 10% just across the board cut. So it was like an austerity thing. No, no. <laughs> um, and so my, my funding was just not there anymore. Um, but so I, I was working for him just for free basically um uh while i was trying to figure out what i was going to do uh, but his name was his name is buddy mullins uh c c buddy mullins um but he goes by buddy um and he you know he, he's a he's a fantastic researcher he does a lot of work with um a photocatalysis as well but he does a lot of like surface science type of stuff is you know batteries things like that um uh, but his in terms of being a role model it was more about um how to how to treat students um okay. you know not not to say that that prashant was not also good with students he he is he actually evolved a lot from even from the beginning to the end of my time with him um you know he sort of <laughs> we we like to we like to claim credit for sort of opening him up because he went from you know facebook is useless and a waste of time to by the time we graduated <laughs> like we he was pushing uh acs to do like like little video explainers and stuff like that like you know and he was like taking it <laughs> using social media and all you know all that kind of um, stuff um but buddy was he he influenced how i how i try and work with students now so he like he would try and help students out um not just in terms of you know in terms of lab work but like understanding when things happened outside of 
the lab, right? So like when I lost my postdoc position, you know, I'd been working with him, you know, just doing research, you know, again for free for a while. Um, and then I found out my wife was pregnant <laughs> and I was like, oh. I'm going to need to get a job that, that pays some money. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and, and what, and he went and helped me get a, I mean, it was a, it was a TA position, okay. but you know, he helped me out and that mm-hmm. TA position led to a teaching position actually at UT. Um, and then that's, you know, that sort of went from there to, to where I am now, but you know, it's that kind of stuff, you know, be, being willing to take that those extra steps that you don't necessarily have to to help a student out um, that's the kind of stuff that that he was you know well known for and, and that's why he's so well liked uh, among his students and you know at, at, in his department um, so I think th- those are probably my two biggest science role models yeah sounds well. like great role models both mm-hmm. in you know research perspective and also just treating mm-hmm. students because I mean grad students go through a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and postdocs <laughs> but yeah absolutely and post-docs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah so. and then so I, I can't imagine how devastating it would have been to lose funding in once you're in your postdoc position too oh, yeah. like that yeah sounds... that was that was something yeah I actually found out I was driving I was going to the airport or my, my wife and I were going to the airport to fly back to Texas because it was like right at the end of Christmas break. Oh, oh <laughs> that's no. right. So like, I got the here. Here, yeah, yeah exactly. And so, so you know, my my advisors, uh, Alan Bard, he emailed me and was like, "Just so you know, uh, here's what's happening. And, you know, let's talk when you get back." Like, All right, cool, oh, man. Great, thanks. No. So, well, and I, I will. Yeah. He he, yeah. he was he was good too. Like you, know, he offered a couple of different uh pads and he sort of he moved some money around so it wasn't like it wasn't an immediate cutoff i had basically I, he, he was able to buy me like six weeks to try and prepare more or less um which you know was, was really again nice of him to do as well mm-hmm. um you know he sort of he sort of juggled around his funding uh, as well uh, as best he was able to at the time so yeah. And that's really good. I think uh, I've seen the theme of, you know, just because it's not on paper, like you can also mm-hmm. you can always do something to help somebody else. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't exactly. hurt to go and help another person, another human that's, being, you know, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You're surrounded by a very strong network. It seems yeah. like <laughs> very yeah. positive, very positive. Very, very much so. Yes, that's, that's great. And yeah, I don't think people realize all the yeah, you get your PhD, you know, you become a doctor, but then the aftermath when you pursue a postdoc, it's not all, you know, glitz and it's, glamour. It's not all easy, no. <laughs> no, it's it's a really hard path to get it is. in academia to your position. I'm it's it's very difficult mm-hmm. to to yeah. get the prof job because the interview process is also grueling. Oh I, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and honestly, even here I got I got kind of fortunate, or not even kind of fortunate, very fortunate. You know, I I basically got in touch with um the chair who I knew you know I, I so I, I did my undergraduate here in Carolina and then you know I, I was interested in coming back because it would bring okay. it would have brought us close to family and all that stuff um and I, I pretty much just cold emailed the chair of the department was like if a position if a position opens up I'm interested uh, you know let me know and I think I mean that was probably like two years before he actually offered the position. But, you know, in that sense, you know, I, I, I interviewed with a lot of different schools, you know, I applied for traditional tenure track jobs and all that. Mm. And yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> there was, there was one, I think it was, I think it was Auburn university. I applied for the, for a tenure track position there. Uh, didn't, didn't even get like a, 
didn't get a response actually (laughs) Um, at the time, but I actually, I knew the person that got the job. And so I knew, so I, so I eventually got the rejection email and it was like five months after they actually offered the position to this other person. So it gave, it was, it was kind of, it was just funny because like, I didn't, I didn't expect to get it, especially when I knew Mm -hmm. this other person was applying for it, but it was funny to see just how long it took them to actually get around to responding knowing knowing when they had actually offered the position and it had been accepted and all that uh that 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 i got a a little bit of a kick out of but yeah the the interviewing process is is really just it's tough it's i mean like i said you know i I did a lot i went to aiche and did the you know the faculty uh prospective faculty Mm -hmm. poster session all that kind of stuff and it's just man it's it's tough Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so what was kind of the how did you decide to go uh, the say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go the professor route? Like, why not go into industry? Did that ever play a part in your mind? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought about both. Um, I think the main thing was being able to control what, to, you know, obviously to, to, to a certain extent, um, what type of research I was doing, um, you know, what I was studying, being able to pivot and you know, see something interesting and at least be able to probe it a little bit and see if it's something that I wanted to pursue. Um, you know, I know that, that there are some, there are some industrial positions where you, you get a little bit of that freedom, but it does seem like, you know, although the, although the funding side of things is nice, you, you're sort of locked in on like, you gotta, you know, you're focused on this one area. It needs to produce certain results. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always looking for, um, you know like commercialization possibilities that kind of thing yeah um, which is not it's not a bad thing you know we I've, I've, I've kind of ended up doing a little bit of that uh just from the way things have worked out but um it's nice like it, 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 definitely being able to choose what type of work I was doing um, and what I was looking at and um yeah any I mean getting getting to work with students too is always fun uh, mm-hmm. you sort of you, you yeah, sort of get to show them yeah. Yeah. Like like with the freedom yeah. of academia, mm-hmm. getting to do what you want to do. Yes. And then not having to really answer to like an outcome immediately within a short time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds very appealing to me too. But then yeah. it's also because like how when we do PhD, we get to decide what we want to do. So I guess that kind of just falls into yeah. how we lead <laughs> our lives. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, being being able to, I, one of my favorite things is like reading a paper that's, you know, not not exactly what we're doing, but like similar to it and being able to go, oh, that's kind of interesting. I wonder if we could do that. And then sort of, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, do, doing those little experiments that you do to sort of feel out whether or not it's something that's worth, you know, that that might might bear some fruit for you. And, and okay, yeah, let's, let's, let's explore that a little bit further. You know, oh, cool, this worked. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a weird result. Let's, you know, that go after that. Um, that that's the kind of stuff that I really like. Oh yeah. And that actually um brings in my next question of mm-hmm. why did you choose the field of photovoltaics and solar cells? Like why did is that your specialty? Why is that your bread and butter? Yeah. So that is so that that was what I did a lot of my grad work in um was the photovoltaics. So so part of that was so the actually the class that I took with the chair. <laughs> of, the, of the department here was called next energy and it was about all basically just all different types of energy sources so like you know coal nuclear solar wind hydrothermal uh hydroelectric uh 
the the forget the name of the geothermal. There we go. Um, you know, all all of those different alternative energy sources. Um, and so like, that got me interested in renewable energy. Um, and I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do yet. You know, there's this thing, even stuff like carbon capture and 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 that kind of thing. Um, and I got accepted to Notre Dame and I went and visited and, and they sort of, you know, they did those like presentations of, you know, here's what my lab does. Um, and one of them, one of them was carbon capture. And then one of them was like solar cells, photovoltaics, um, Dr. Kamat. And, you know, I, I sort of, you know, I thought about the two and I was like, I think, you know, the solar cell seems really interesting. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was, I ended up pursuing that. Um, and it's funny now that I, now that I've been at USC, most of my work is not on photovoltaics and solar cells. It's actually on like electrocatalysis. It's, it's more on like going back to the thesis title. It's more on the co-catalyst side of things. Okay. So it's like electrocatalysis and electrochemistry, fuel cells, electrolyzers, that kind of stuff. But what's interesting is, is it's still a lot of the fundamentals are still the same, right? Like it's still current and voltage and, and mm -hmm. you know, how they how they relate to each other and where your losses are and all that. It's just a different input. So, you know, instead of using sunlight, now I'm working with, you know, electrical inputs. So it's the the scale is a little bit different, you know, because with solar cells, right. you're usually in like, you know, milliamp range, that kind of thing. And now I'm working in like amp ranges. Um, so it's a little different, but it's still it all the all the stuff that I learned as a graduate student is still very much applicable because there's still a ton of overlap um, in terms of the fundamentals of the systems. Uh, and understanding what makes them tick, why something works, why something doesn't, mm -hmm. and where you can improve it uh, beyond that. So, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. That, that sounds really interesting. Awesome. Yeah, and especially like um, how you mentioned that one mentor that says, "Oh, do the blank mm -hmm. uh, first, and I mm -hmm. guess you can carry that with you into your research." Oh, very much so. Well. Absolutely. Yeah, we always have to do blanks because you know, even like doing electrolysis, you know, we always want to say. Oh yeah, you know we're 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 doing this reaction, but we got to do it. You know, usually like for us, it's usually under nitrogen conditions, right? So nitrogen mm -hmm. shouldn't be reacting at all uh, for for most of what we're doing anyway. And so we have to do that and, and actually confirm that we don't see any current passing uh, to indicate. You know that that proves to us that okay, there's uh, there's not actually a reaction happening until we introduce the reactant that we actually mm -hmm. think we're we're doing something to. Um, so yeah, all those blanks are are like that. That was probably one of the biggest ex experimental lessons, at least uh, yeah. that, mm -hmm. that I learned was always check your blanks, um, just to be absolutely sure that that you what what you say you're doing is what is actually happening. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's easy to kind of like, oh, let's do this, let's do that, but mm -hmm. you got to start from like the most basic, just to be really sure. That's it exactly. Yeah, you always yeah. you always got to make sure you cover all your bases. And, you know, like I said, you know, it's it's always it's good to get excited about something, but then you got to stop and go. All right, wait. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me check. So, it's too yeah. easy to get excited, and it's like, yeah, oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now that you mentioned, you went back to how you know, you, you did your thesis back in PhD mm -hmm. um, when you were in grad student. I assume that you had a great time in, as a grad student. Um, your mostly, research was mostly, yeah. Very fun. mostly, yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about your time in as a grad student and how that translates to your time now as a sure. professor? Yeah. So as, as a graduate student, it was, it, like I said, most of the time it was very fun. Um, there were, of course, always, you know, I'm sure you, you guys know, like there, there are always some times where uh, things things are less fun you know you're trying to mm -hmm. maybe your experiments aren't working or 
you know, you're preparing for, uh, you know, any of the various uh, like hurdles, you know, that come along, you know, like getting into candidacy and all that stuff. Um, but for the most part, it was really good. Uh, I had a good group that, 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 I, that I was in. So, you know, not, not just my professor, my advisor, but the other graduate students and postdocs that were in the group. Um, it was a good atmosphere. Uh, people were very supportive. It wasn't one of those groups where people were stepping on each other to try and build themselves mm-hmm. up. You know, people oh. would work together um, and, you know, solve problems and, and work on stuff and talk about issues and figure out what was going on, basically. Um, mm-hmm. We used to do, so we would have, I think, roughly monthly lab cleanup. And then after we did lab cleanup, we would go out and get lunch, right? So, you know, we would walk to- That's so nice. Uh, like, you know, one a, a restaurant that was within walking distance, they, they had started building some stuff up. So we would go and get pizza and things like that. Um, you know, so it was just, it was, it was that type of stuff, uh, that, it, that made it, it was, I'm not, I'm not, uh, honestly, I'm not sure if it was or not. <laughs> we had, we had probably like 10, 10 ish people. That's in the a group. good size. Yeah. It, it was a pretty yeah. good size, man. I know there are some labs that have like 30 and I have no idea oh, how yeah. they fund all of those, but yeah, we, we probably had like 10, 10 to 12 ish at any given time. Um, probably plus plus a couple of undergraduates at, mm-hmm. you know, at any given moment as well so and yeah was the it, research said, similar um the research was so it it varied it, it all fell under like photochemistry i guess you could say okay um when i was there so we had we had like the really fundamental stuff that we did um so like like in my my, my thesis was a lot of it was on like electron transfer processes and stuff like that right so so being able to see how fast you know when you generate an electron by hitting it with a photo by hitting a material with a photon how quickly can you extract it or how quickly does it recombine you know mm-hmm. same thing with the holes that are left behind as well um because both of those sort of dictate how readily a, a process will go um but then we also had people that were actually making you know small-scale solar cells and things like that so they were actually doing um like current voltage curves and they would figure out what the the overall efficiency of the solar cell was and they were trying to push that higher development materials that kind of thing mm-hmm. we also had people doing um uh they were doing work with graphene um and graphene oxide and they were they were working on things like storing charge on the graphene and then adding um you know like metal ions to a solution and having the ions reduced. And so being mm-hmm. able to figure out like exactly how many electrons are being <clears> stored <throat> and things like that. Um, we had people looking at, uh, they, they would show that they, they were looking at how like, like plasmon resonance. So like, you know, you have silver nanoparticles for instance, and you, if, as you, if you do the, the UV vis spectroscopy of it, it has a peak at a, at a specific wavelength. Um, that correlates to the the plasmon resonance of, of you know the aggregate of the particles, but if you start storing, um, if you if you irradiate it and put a hole scavenger in the system, the electrons will store on the on the silver nanoparticles, and you can actually see that plasmon peak shift because oh. the because the electrons affect the resonance of the of the the nanoparticle. Um, and so, it was, you know, it's things like that. So like, a lot of really, really fundamental work, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of transient absorption measurements. Um, so looking, you know, again, at like electron transfer rates between different materials and trying to be able to predict which ones will do what and that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, you know, broadly, yeah, all, all under the photochemistry umbrella, but the specific projects were all over the place. 
right. which was but good because it, it was neat to learn right yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like even even though i wasn't doing some of that stuff i still got exposed to it and learned more about it yeah um, so i can imagine like group meetings were a lot of discussion mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely it helps though like having all being under photovoltaics because when you talk to another person, it helps that they understand what you're dealing with. Yes. Because there, there are times when different groups have like, oh, different widely different projects. Oh, yeah. They don't Very really so. know how to yeah. help each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That sounds like it's, a very fun lab. It, it was. It was like it was a good lab. Um, and yeah, we like we, we had fun. You know, we would go out and do stuff. I remember uh, one of the things that I, one of the fun things that we did was uh Prashant showed us how to basically how to do a quick and dirty liquid oxygen uh, or how to, how to make oxygen, a liquid oxygen quickly. Um, okay. Basically, if you, if you bubble or if you, if you run oxygen through liquid nitrogen, it will liquefy some of the oxygen. Uh, and so we did, there's, there, there's like five different side stories coming together here, but so we, <laughs> so we had, we did this like fun project with one of our we had we had a visiting undergraduate from a Canadian university and I I could not I don't remember which university I want to say I think it actually was Waterloo I'm not 100 oh, wow. on that um, his <laughs> name was Blake and he 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 did this like fun little just small video where basically like you know you know those powdered donuts that have like the the white powder on them right mm -hmm. yeah so that's actually titanium dioxide it's it's a whitener so if he, he took a package of those little donuts, scraped the the powder off, basically, you know, washed the the sugar and stuff out. And so all that was left was the, was the titanium dioxide, made a solar cell with that and some Starbucks tea. So there's certain, there are certain teas that have like, you can, you can, if you soak the tea in the water, the, the, the color that comes out is a dye that is actually photoactive. Um, it's not stable, you know, it dies very quickly, but he made a solar cell out of the you know, donuts and tea Whoa. and, you know, did a little video about it. It got very popular on YouTube for a little while, they, that kind of stuff. Um, but all that, so, so we had, we had some powdered donuts around <laughs> and uh, Prashant put this powdered donut in the bottom of a door that had liquid nitrogen in it. And then, you know, like I said, ran the oxygen through it. And so it made liquid oxygen, but it soaks into the donut because the donut, of course, is, you know, it's porous, right? Yeah. And then we do like take it outside and light it, <laughs> and and it it doesn't it doesn't blow up. But what happens is as you know as the donut heats back up, the oxygen starts coming out, and so you would see these little flame jets coming out of the pores Whoa. of the donut, right? And, and you know is it is that important? Does it teach you a whole lot? No, but it was cool. <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it was it was, cool. it was just a lot of fun. So yeah, that 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 was sort of the environment uh for the most part it where, sounds like, like a really fun environment yeah it was and good like, you know, we, we got inspiring. to try some stuff and you know like i said you know, we i think we we get the we get the claim that we sort of helped him evolve in terms of like right. being able to use social media and things like that so yeah it, it was a good it's a good collaborative environment for sure mm -hmm. no but doing stuff like that like yeah. you know with the donuts and mm -hmm. shooting oxygen jet flames out of it mm -hmm. i feel like that's something we don't really do in a research environment we're so focused on oh let's do this mm -hmm. this is the good thing that we should do oh, my thesis oh, yeah. my paper like exactly yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think we need to do that more often absolutely yeah yeah get, you do get that you, in your get you some get you some donut flames um i'm trying to think we have something similar to that i don't know that we have but i, I we'll have to find something yeah, yeah. We, we, we need to come up with something like that yeah yeah, yeah. 
you need to continue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, gotta, gotta keep up the tradition. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. um, yeah, so anyway, so I'm sure <laughs> now that we have heard a lot of fun stuff about your life, I'm sure you had some challenging times too, right? Would yes, you always. mind sharing some Definitely. of that? Sure, yeah. Um, I think the, the biggest challenge I had as a graduate student was, was learning how to do research. Um, so I, I did a little bit of research as an undergraduate, but it was really, I guess, unstructured. I, you know, I I had like a general goal, but I wasn't really being mentored a whole lot. And so I didn't quite know, like, you know, I, I was just sort of, sort of winging it more or less. Um, and so that, that was probably the hardest thing was, was just learning how to do research the right way. Um, and, and it's just, you know, not not necessarily designing the experiments, but like learning to plan and and sort of think about, you know, stuff like the blanks, right? You know, all those all those little details that you got to pay attention to and and make sure you've got everything covered and how to think about a challenge and and focus on extracting the useful information and and you know, even being able to synthesize everything when you're writing the paper, right? You gotta you gotta mm-hmm. think about how to tell that story and um, things like that. Um, so yeah, that generally that's probably the biggest challenge. And then yeah, and then of course you know stuff like candidacy. What the challenge was not so much the actual uh, like the actual candidacy presentation or anything like that. Like those they always went well, but building up, I built it up mentally like this huge just impossible thing. Like there's no way you're gonna, I'm going to be able to do it. And every time, you know, and then, but then by the time I actually got there and did it, it was fine, you know, so that, I, that's, that's, you know, if, if for anybody that's listening to it, don't, don't freak yourself out about that. Like you're, you're going to be fine. Um, just get, you know, get prepared and, and don't, don't psych yourself out. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't, don't make it worse than it, than it really is. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're the expert. 99% of the people there do not know anything mm-hmm. about what you're doing exactly you're fine um and if, you know if you're really worried about it set set yourself up with some easy questions so like purposefully leave out some small things that you know the answer to that's that's one of my go-tos sometimes like if i'm doing a presentation and i'm, I'm worried about it that's one of the things that i do <laughs> that's a good technique that is. That's and so it, it's good that you mentioned like um you even at your level of being mm-hmm. a prof and everything that there's still sometimes you worry about little things oh I, yeah, could, I, I still so. yeah like when i'm when i'm doing a presentation i still it's it's not as bad now because i've, I've done yeah. it enough times where like i can remind myself no you, you do know what you're doing but i mean i mean <laughs> imposter syndrome is a thing like yeah. i still there are some days i'm like man am i really do i know what i'm doing <laughs> And you know, wow. it's just one of those things you you have to you have to remind yourself that you do know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you are smart. There's a reason you're doing your stuff. You you wouldn't mm-hmm. be here if you weren't. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, that's that that's an ongoing thing. Uh, I'm sure there 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 are probably some people that don't worry about it as much, but you know, mm-hmm. not that not me. <laughs> yeah. Um, just want to mention like what you said about planning experiments. Mm-hmm. At least for me, when I know something wasn't working, I'm so psyched to go back in the lab and just do it again. But then sometimes I don't really take the time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, do you see that often? I know that it happened to me. Yeah, it, oh, I, I have to. Yeah, I absolutely have to like restrain myself in in terms of you know not getting. I, I think a good example was so one of our one of our experiments we were doing was like. It's a, the electrolysis. It was electrolysis of anhydrous HCl. So this this was like 
a year and a half ago or so. Um, and you know, we got, we got this like super high current. It was really good. It looked like everything was working. And then we stopped for a second and we looked at the data and we realized that it was a straight line. And what that means when you're doing electrochemistry is you probably have a short, like you basically, you basically just have a resistor. So it's not actually a chemical reaction that's happening. You're mm. just, you're just passing current. Right. And we went back and like we we stepped back and checked the resistance of the cell and we realized the resistance was like an ohm, which means that oh. you know, the, the two you know, the two sides are supposed to be separated. There should be yeah. like you know kilo ohms of resistance, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And and there wasn't. So like there was a pinhole or something. And so you know, we were like, oh damn it. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that that was not as good as we thought it was. And, but you know, but it was good because we we stepped back, we you know, we caught ourselves basically before we like went yeah. running off. We're like, we've solved the problem, everything's great. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know. Eureka. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you know, of course, and it, and it did work. Like, well, you know, yeah. we went back, we fixed everything and, and it still, it works. Just not, yeah. it wasn't working exactly like we thought it was. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we were, we were still able to do what we wanted to do, but that, that's the big thing is just when you get a good result, be excited. Like, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying don't celebrate good results. Absolutely celebrate good results. Just make sure, <laughs> just, yeah. just take a second you know, stop, check evaluate it, double check it, make sure you can do it again. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that, that, oh, that's, that's probably the other thing I learned as a graduate student was when stuff is working, don't stop <laughs> <laughs> on, on that same going. electrolysis of anhydrous HCL. The mm -hmm. first time we got it to work, I called my wife and it's like, Hey, I'm going to need, I need to stay till like late at night. Can I do that? And it was me and a graduate student and not an undergraduate, like a student worker, somebody who had graduated undergrad, but hadn't got to, he, he wanted to go to grad school, but because of COVID hadn't been able to. So he was working mm -hmm. with us um, until he, until the next round of applications came in. And we started at like noon and ran until 10 PM. Wow. Just, and, and like and we, the reason we had, so it's obviously you know, anhydrous HCL, obviously very dangerous. You don't want to mm -hmm. mess around with that. So we, yeah. we always have at least two people present when that's running. Uh, never leave it unattended, never leave just one person watching it because don't want something going wrong yeah. so like so so we you know like when, when it was dinner time we like rotated through if somebody needed to use the bathroom we just you know we made sure people were present and we just we yeah. went through because we were looking at like effective temperature but we had to run a polarization every time and run nitrogen backgrounds we run those blank experiments every single time and so we just we just knocked out in 10 hours like wow. a whole set of experiments uh because it was working you know it's like it, we weren't gonna let that opportunity pass because you never know yeah. You don't you don't necessarily know why something is working right then. And so you don't want to you want to be able to get as much of the data as you can. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's the life of a researcher. But I'm surprised yeah. that even as as now, like it as is. a professor, you have to you, when you get something working, you're staying there in the lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So part part of it, so I'm I'm actually I'm not tenure track, I'm a research professor, which is like it's basically a non-tenure track position, but it also means that like I I do a lot of hands-on work in the lab. Mm -hmm. Um it, and it depends on you know how many students are like I, I have you know one of one of my graduate students he he handles a lot of the stuff in the lab by himself just you know he's he's in his about fifth year I guess mm -hmm. um, so you know yeah. he's very experienced right like he's coming up you know he's, he's starting to think about like or no I guess he's his fourth year but he's starting to think about like dissertation and you know, yeah. putting together all his papers things like that uh, but he's got the experience to where we can talk about something and I can say all right you know what do you think about you know can you can you know I think we should do this, you know, and he'll be like, all right, yeah, I'll go ahead and get everything ready and, you know, check on whatever and all that kind of stuff. But even there, like, you know, on Monday, uh, he and I are going to go through 
we actually need to run another experiment with the, the anhydrous HCL setup, but we need yeah. to make sure there, there's a, a possibly a leak somewhere. Um, we, we, we check it with nitrogen positive pressure. And so like we, we, we pressurize this, the, the piping and then let it sit overnight and see if it drops. And it's, it's dropping like five PSI, which okay. is not a lot, but we want to go through and do like a helium. We do a helium leak test, um, to, to, cause helium of course will get out everywhere. Uh, you know, if, there, if there's even a tiny, tiny leak, it's going to get out. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to, you know, he and I are just going to go through that together. He's, he's done it once already and, you know, he, he couldn't find any more leaks, but we still saw some depressurization happening. So, you know, I'll go in there with him and, you know, not because he doesn't know what he's doing, but sometimes it just helps to have a second set of eyes, yeah, uh, sure. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, and then like, I'll be in the lab, like we have, we have a number of undergraduates that work with us. I think we have four, at least four right now. Um, and, you know, again, they are, they're capable of running most of the experiments by themselves, um, you know, because we've shown them how to do it. We show them, you know, things to troubleshoot, that kind of deal. But, you know, I'm always, I try and be around, you know, just check on things, see how they're doing, see if they're mm -hmm. running any issues, talk about the data that they're getting, um, you know, things like that. So, so I'm still, I'm still fairly hands-on um, just because that's sort of what what's expected of me as well uh, is to mm -hmm. be in the lab and helping and, and sort of making sure everything moves forward. Yeah. yeah, it's really helpful for to have someone so experienced to just be around and help around. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, yeah, and I try and not. I, I don't. I don't want to be like a micromanager. Um, of course, not. I, yeah. I, I would have hated that as a graduate student. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but I also don't want to be like completely hands off either, because I also would have hated right. that. Yeah. Um, so I try and find mm -hmm. that happy medium of like not not dictating every single little thing that they need to do, but mm -hmm. sort of helping them. Like this is this is the direction that we're trying to head in. You know. Again, like with the interpretation of the data, you know, we're, one of our projects, we're trying to figure out the right conditions to make a product form uh, through mm -hmm. electrocatalysis. And so, you know, we just we just now got a, like a small a small amount of that product. So now we can sort of focus down on like, OK, these conditions gave us that product. What can we do to sort of increase the amount that we form? You know, and so that's where we start talking about it and, and try and help out, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and sort of guiding them in, in what I think will be the direction to go. But mm -hmm. even there, you know, I talk with them and I say, okay, you know, what are you seeing when you do, you know, when you do this, what happens? And they, right. they sort of, they sort of feed back their information as well, their interpretation of what's happening. So it's not just, it's not me, you know, giving edicts from on high and saying, you will do this. It's, it's this back and forth um, communication. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Like, that balance. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, now that you're leading the lab and you know you're mentoring a lot of students, what is you know a big, not a big, but just a different challenge when you were back in undergrad, uh, back a grad, like as a grad student, was there? Is there anything that is significantly different? Yeah, it, the time management for sure. Because um, yeah, because yeah, you know, after, like I said, I've got two kids, so oh, yeah. I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure I'm doing stuff with them. You know, because I can't right. spend all the time in the lab and you know, spend time with my wife. Yeah. Um, so yeah, time time management is probably the biggest thing. But in terms of the work that we do, we're pretty lucky in the sense that like it doesn't require most of the time it doesn't require like that ten hour long session. Right. Um, yes. of, yeah. of getting all that information. So most, most of my days, you know, I'm usually done by like five o'clock. So I, like, I usually Ooh. pick my kids up and that kind of stuff. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's sort of by design, right? Like, you know, I could structure things differently to where like I was working until six or seven, mm -hmm. but I don't want to do that. 
And so, yeah. so uh, you know, and, and, and that does mean that like, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm a night owl, so it works out, but like, sometimes I'll work, I'll, I'll do administrative stuff or writing or whatever later at night, you know, mm-hmm. after my kids are in bed, after my wife goes to sleep, that kind of stuff. And right. so, you know, and that, but that works for me. And, and the thing is, is we try One of the things that we make clear to our students, like especially our graduate students and postdocs is our expectation is that you have a work-life balance. We don't tell you exactly what that is because for everybody it's going to be different, right? You know, if, if you right. are single, maybe you don't care about spending 12 hours in the lab. Like that's what you want to do. And that's cool. Like if that's, if that's your choice, go to it. Like yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be impressed by somebody that spends a lot of time in the lab and, but like, doesn't produce a lot of work, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're mm-hmm. just, if you're just spinning your wheels, that, so what, that, it just means you're not efficient with your time. Right. Um, and, you know, yeah. and like I said, you know, if, if you just like working in the lab, that's cool. Like I, I, I totally get that. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I, I enjoy working in the lab too. Um, but we don't like, we don't require weekends. Uh, you know, we don't require, we you know we suggest that that like roughly nine to five is is mm-hmm. a good thing to aim for because that's when a lot of people like you know if you're having meetings and stuff like that that's yeah. sort of what people expect right like that's you know that's when they try and time stuff out but at the same time you know we have you know if you have a doctor's appointment like you don't have to right. ask permission to go to the doctor just go to the doctor as long as you're getting your work done right that's fine mm-hmm. do your thing yeah. like you know they, you, you need to have some flexibility I mean, even stuff like, um, so that, like, that's the kind of thing, like, we, when, when, you know, we make sure that people are sort of moving where they need to move. Yeah. But we, we understand that, that it's not, you know, we, again, you can't just say like, you must be here, here and here, mm-hmm. like, like that, that's not going to work. Things happen. Um, and so like I said, as long, as long as things are progressing, like they're supposed to, um, then, then it's all good. Uh, you yeah, know, if yeah. we run into an issue where like somebody's not doing what they need to do, then then you know that that's a different story. But even there, you got to talk to them and find out, right? You know, if something's going on that maybe you don't know about, that yes. also happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's yeah. part of how we try and do things. Sounds yeah. like a very nice lab culture. I really yeah, like very good, culture. Yeah. great culture. Along with that, you do some science outreach as well. So you're yes. very much like um, a positive mentor, like in your group, yeah. I think. And I'm also in the science community. I'm finding that's what I'm getting the vibe. Uh, we we'll try, we we'll try. Yeah. I can tell from the from the whole donut experiment. That yes, sounds- that's yes. true too. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's awesome. And uh, you have this initiative called Open Science Presentations. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty awesome. And that's how I guess uh, I kind of connected with you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It, it's, it's great. And, um, uh, and it's available on Twitch. And you do pretty much every week at 10, Friday nights, 1030 p.m. Eastern. Yes. Uh, it, it seems like you do it nonstop, like every week of the year. You seem to have <laughs> That's like a schedule. Yeah, we, we have time a management. Yeah, yeah, time management. Yes, yeah. That, well, yeah. It's that, that. There's a reason it's at ten thirty on a Friday night because <laughs> that's when I can be sure that my kids are in bed. Oh, uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Although, although to be fair, I'm I'm starting to I'm trying to find ways to be a little more flexible with the with the timing. Like, if I can do it during the day, like you know, around like lunchtime Eastern time, then oh, that opens true. it up to some more uh, people as well. So I'm, I'm kind of. I'm starting to get a little more flexible on that side of things as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
No, it's a great initiative that it's available like just freely um, researchers come and can do mm-hmm. a presentation and yes. it doesn't have to be experienced researchers. It can be someone no. like the PhD students, like their Viva or dissertation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've had undergraduates that, that were doing research oh, and gave presentations. Yeah. Uh, that, that, awesome. Yeah. The idea is it's basically like it's, it's, it's conference style talks. So like seminar style, but without the, the rigorous uh, framework. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. There's not a hard time limit on the presentation, you know, there's not a hard time limit on the question and answer stuff afterwards. And the idea is that it should be like a low stress, fun place to show off your work. So, you know, all the little details that you don't get to talk about in a conference, you know, whether it's because it's something that didn't work or, you know, it's something that doesn't fit strictly into the story that you're trying to tell. You get to go into all those little details and talk about the cool stuff that you're doing um, and why you think it's cool. (laughs) Yeah. um, and and so you know so we've had talks that went you know people have gone as short as 15 minutes and as long as like an hour and 15 minutes and all you know it all works uh, yeah. and, and the talks have been from all different backgrounds um you know we have chemists of, of every flavor you know organic inorganic polymer uh biochemistry all of that we've had botanists uh, biologists psychologists parasitologists uh engineers from different you know different types of engineering um uh developmental psychologists so we was like one of the talks was about how you can tell you, you can actually learn about the emotion the emotional development of infants so like less than two years old Whoa. based cool. on where they where they look <laughs> and I, I don't remember all the detail all the details off the top of my head but it, it was a really great talk and it was basically like, you know, they, they yeah. Could, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um well I'll look, I'll look i might look it up in a minute but yeah, yeah. It's, a really, it's a really cool talk because it's just like you know they do these they they set up these these situations with the infants and then they like they have video of it and they basically use eye tracking to like see where mm-hmm. the infant is looking and they can figure out all this stuff about what the what emotion you know whether it's like happiness or nervousness or you know fear or whatever like all these different things based on where the eyes are and they can track you know, they, they can see statistical differences based off of that and all like it's all kinds of cool stuff so we you know we have like research like that and then we also had somebody that gave a talk on the botany of black panther and so it was about like okay. you know it was yeah. like like a big part of black panther the you know the, the first movie is like they, they have these the, the plants that they grow right yeah and so it is uh uh morgan dr morgan um uh Halloney, I think I pronounced that last name right. I don't remember for sure, but he so he he works in industry, but he's a botanist by trade, and so he talked about like all the stuff that was in the movie. You know what was what was actual, you know that what matched what botanists really do versus you know the movie magic side of things. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of it that was actually like that that worked with uh, you know what actual botany research looks like. Um, so you know so it, you know. So it's not always like hardcore, you know, straight research. It can also be just these really yeah. interesting things as well that that uh, you know that, that are just fun to learn about. So oh, yeah, it's it's been yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I've certainly got to gotten to learn about a lot of things that I would not otherwise have learned about. Right, and it's fun to do it in like a non you know structured way, just so mm-hmm. you can share. These are cool stuff, you know. Listen yeah, to this. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, mm, it, yeah, funny. You're you're a Marvel fan, so I feel yeah. like you need to go. <laughs> no, I was I was registering a bit 
the botany of black panther i'm like are we talking about the black panther like the actual animal or are we mm. talking about the movie i was trying to yeah, yeah, register no, that, until yeah, you the said movie the movie itself. i'm like okay mm-hmm. we're talking about the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow yeah that, that one was that one was a lot of fun like i said that that was very cool because there was some yeah. stuff that was not obvious but you know as as morgan was talking about it like you know he's like check this out <laughs> it's like yeah. oh, all right very cool yeah. did not know that that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend anybody check that out. Like I said, that that was just a really cool up. talk. Yeah, that's definitely yeah, like something to uh, discuss. <laughs> Opens the conversation, like mm-hmm, <laughs> that. And, and the, botany I guess the, as well. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, 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 go ahead. No, just like the botany all of a sudden, because we talk, we're 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 chemists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So botany mm-hmm. is just like. Oh yeah. Oh, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, we, we, we've had people do talks. I mean, like, so, well, I mean, like the developmental psychology thing with the infants, right? Yeah. Like. I, yeah. I would never have been exposed to that. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I got to learn all about that. I learned about, you know, AI. And mm-hmm. uh, we had a, a computer scientist who, who like, uses AI to do a whole bunch of, other like, predictive things with, you know, biology. But then he also used it to, like, figure out, like, you know, you could, you could feed the program, like, certain parameters and would find like the most complex molecule that it could generate that fit those parameters you know just mm-hmm. like off the wall stuff that's not that doesn't mm-hmm. have a strict usage but it was just cool yeah. <laughs> like, it was just neat to learn about and it's like that's that that's a fun thing because that's not something you're ever really going to be able to give a presentation on but right. it doesn't mean it's not worth talking about because it's really cool yeah. um, it will attract mm-hmm. more people to do science yeah exactly kind of yeah. exactly yeah well, I think the thing is too, like uh, me as a chemist, I would never go to a conference on whatever the infants mm-hmm. looking in a certain direction. <laughs> but this gives exactly. me the opportunity to like learn about it. That's mm-hmm. that's it exactly. Like, like you, you get exposed to all this other neat stuff, and you know, yeah. there's people from you know literally around the world. Like, we're up to like ten different countries now, um, and you know, hopefully we'll get more. But like, you know, like that's it's just it's cool stuff because and it also helps people i mean some of the you know i mean money's an issue right like some yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. people, it, it's expensive to go to a conference oh yeah and, and it, i mean it's expensive for me to go to a conference in the u.s i can't imagine somebody having to travel internationally yeah, right yeah. like you know if, if somebody wants to come to like uh for for chemical engineering it's aicche so it's mm-hmm. the american institute of chemical engineers that's like the big you know thousands of people coming to the conference kind of thing and you know it's twice a year and it's I mean, the, the registration alone is like five hundred dollars. Yeah, you know, then you add in, you know, like I said, if you're flying internationally, you stay at a hotel. You know, the hotels, you know, even even though it's a sort of, I guess, discounted rate. I mean, you're still looking at probably a hundred dollars a night at mm-hmm. best. At best, <laughs> you know. So for yeah. you know, figure five nights, roughly, you know, thousand dollars plus plane ticket plus every you know food and everything else. Yeah, it adds up real fast, and you know, mm-hmm. with this. You get a Zoom link, you join it. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you're, you're broadcast you. to anybody that wants to watch it. So, like, yeah. uh, you know, that that's the other thing I like about it is it's it doesn't require a ton of your time. Yeah. Doesn't require any money aside from you know maybe like if you if you buy a microphone or something like that, mm-hmm. that right. it's fifty bucks. Exactly. Um, I think that's how much mine costs. <laughs> like it's not <laughs> not super expensive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, I think it, it makes it a little bit more accessible too, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like, so, you know, like, like you said, it, it, the fact that you get to learn about stuff that you would not have otherwise been exposed to is, is that, that's one of my favorite parts is you just get to learn about all this cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And I guess that's what 
kind of drives you to keep doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The main. Awesome. And so if someone wants to participate in OSP, Open Science Presentations, yes. do they contact you directly? Like yeah. Send a message, so you can, Twitter, you can send me Twitter's dead now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you can send me an email. So Meekins, M-E-E-K-I-N-S at sc.edu. Uh, we'll link on, this in the okay, description. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm also, I'm on Twitter at Meekins Lab. Uh, same spelling, E-M-E-E-K-I-N-S-L-A-B, all one word. You can, you know, send me a message on there, a DM or reply to a tweet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can probably contact me on YouTube somehow, LinkedIn, any, pretty much any way, Mastodon. I'm on, Mastodon, I think, I'm, yeah. I'm at, I'm at Meekins Lab at uh, FediScience.org, F-E-D-I Science.org. Any, get, get in touch anywhere, any way you can. Um, yeah. You know, absolutely feel free to do so. Reach out um don't don't worry about like whether you have enough or whether your work's good enough if mm-hmm. you can talk for 15 minutes you're good <laughs> like that's awesome you know what I mean like that's you know as long as long as it is some kind of science or science related thing I mean we've had we've had uh you know like chemistry and math education like people developing ways to oh. teach chemistry and math right mm-hmm. it's it's all related you can quantify it oh, yeah. you know like all that kind of stuff so yeah, any anything like that is absolutely welcome. Please, please reach out. Um, I, I've gotten very good at, at cold contacting scientists. <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, everybody's been very nice. Uh, you know, not not everybody responds, and that's fine. But the yeah. people that do respond have been very nice, even when they say no. So I do appreciate that as well. That's true. It's always good to have. And there is something on the website also called Science Palooza. So I'm mm. wondering what that is. Yeah. <laughs> so that was. Uh, that, that was me not being very creative in terms of coming up with a name. Um, so in, during the past two summers, we I've done like a, I, the, I guess the best way to describe it is like a conference live stream. So the idea is, okay. you know, it's set up to go, I plan for it to go, you know, like 24 hours um, just straight and just have presentations, you know, like, like normally, I normally try and start at like 9 a.m. Eastern time on a Friday. Okay. Because um, my kids are in school. <laughs> That's um, true. And then, you know, and it just goes. And so the idea is like, you know, normally the, the streams are at 1030 at night, Eastern yeah. time, which basically excludes like almost all of Europe, Africa, you know, just time oh, zone yeah. wise. Like it's difficult because it's like three, four thirty in the morning there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this way, by starting at 9 a.m., you have m- many more time slots available. Okay. Um, and so I basically, you know, so basically like you just have presentations throughout the entire day. Um, awesome could be from any any number of fields um and so i think the first one i think the the first one we had like five or six talks the one this past summer was like eight eight or nine talks something like that um and so it's growing it's it's getting there and so like and and that's where we have a lot of the the people from different countries so like this last one we had i want to say germany uh maybe scotland um So somebody in South Africa, uh, India, I feel like there was somewhere else I'm forgetting, but you know, Canada, I think Canada was in there as well. So you know, lots of different countries. And like I said, yeah. that, it makes it a little bit more accessible um, mm-hmm. for people that wouldn't normally be able to give a talk. Um, and so that, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's the, that's what science blues is. It's just oh, a longer, awesome. a longer stream than usual uh, to, to sort of give more opportunities. Perfect. Yeah. And, and I dose yeah. of science in like one yes. day. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There you go. (laughs) And and it's available on YouTube after the fact, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then you can always catch up. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. As as long as, you know, I, I always ask permission from the speakers, you know, in case they have something that they don't want you know, kept up publicly yeah. or if they're like writing it up or whatever. Um, but yeah. as long as they agree to it, yeah, then you get, I, I upload the talk and the Q and a afterwards. Um, and so it's there as an archive, you know, there it's, it's for them to do with what they want. They can download it, you know, and put it on a website, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, anybody that wants to check out the old talks are more than welcome to do that as well. Um, absolutely encouraged to do it. Like I said, they're all, they're all over the place. So you can probably find something <laughs> awesome. you're interested in. Yeah, for sure. And there's also a very active Discord um, as well. I've I've noticed that. And the Twitch stream also is very interactive. So good mm-hmm. good job. Like kudos to you for, it. for doing that. And so are you planning to do some TikTok dances? Well, it, it's, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I don't think I would subject anybody to trying to watch me dance. Um, <laughs> it would not be pretty. Uh, my, my, I have was not blessed with rhythm at all. <laughs> um, I have though, what I have thought about doing. So one of the, one of the videos I did so when, when we published our most recent paper was the, the anhydrous HCL one. Okay. I tried to do like a short form, like, you know, phone, like, you know, like, like the YouTube shorts and TikToks, mm-hmm. and like, like the vertical format. Yeah. I tried to do something like that. Um, it was basically like a one minute summary of like, we published this paper. Here's the main results check it out Mm -hmm. um that kind of thing so that that might be something that i would look at doing more of uh in the future that's a great format yeah that is great i think it's worth a shot like that too funny yeah yeah Yeah. like that's that's worth a shot because i think we brainstormed something similar to that Mm -hmm. too um so yeah i would start it (laughs) yeah go for it dr ben yeah yeah well yeah we'll have to see i like to graphic design is definitely not one of my uh one of my fortes but (laughs) i I will see what i can do i need what i need to do i need to watch more of uh, what's his name dr dre 4000 um (laughs) the the chemistry professor who his his, he and his lab group do some wicked tiktoks Mm -hmm. man they can all dance i don't don't know if that's like a prerequisite (laughs) for working in this lab but i swear every one of them is good (laughs) I need, I need to I need to get some tips from him. Yeah, man, they they throw it down. <laughs> it's a talent, you know. You do chemistry and you can dance. So that's... yes, yeah, exactly. We need more scientists who can dance. That's yeah. true. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> you need some rhythm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. So somebody else that is, that is not me. <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> don't don't feel too mm-hmm. bad. Um, but it's not a prerequisite to anyone being intimidated about going into chemistry or science. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 try, for, based on the chemist, I know it is absolutely not a requisite. <laughs> so it makes you uh, more interesting. I guess. That's, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's all my questions in, in that part. Oh, I guess. Um, do you have any advice for doing and creating presentations would be the final question regarding your open science um in general so like so for for open science specifically the the main thing i recommend is include a little bit of extra background just you know because you're talking to people that aren't um that aren't necessarily in your field sometimes they are but um yeah it's always good to just add a little bit of extra explanation you know especially like the motivation why why is what why are you doing what you're doing and same thing for any like special techniques. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? Why? Why do you use this specific technique? What do you hope to learn from it? That kind of thing. More generally, um, 
when you're when you're making the presentation, remember that that you are probably the expert. Um, nobody, else, you know, you're, you're doing you're doing research that, that nobody else is doing. Um, so don't don't get nervous. Uh, or don't don't get as nervous as you as you might otherwise get. Just remember that that you do know what you're doing. Um, use lots of pictures. Um, I, you know, oh, I've, I've heard true. from several different people. You know, always try and have like one image on a slide, uh, or, or at least one image on a, on a slide uh, on every slide. Um, I don't always do that. <laughs> I don't always follow my own rules, but uh, that you know, make sure you're telling a story. Um, right. And you know, I, I always trying to. One of the things that I always try to do in mind is explain is, is is that background, like why why what's the motivation for what we're doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the, what's the the application outside of it? And I think you can do that even with really fundamental work. Because when you're doing fundamental work, there, there's always some reason that you're you're looking at that fundamental process or or system or whatever it is, and so it's always good if you can tie that into the bigger picture for people. Um, because then then the you know when they see that they go, oh okay, now I understand what the point of doing this is, um, and I, I think that's always helpful because you know if somebody's not in your field or if they're not you know really familiar with you know, the subject that you're talking about, they're not going to necessarily put that together. Um, and so it's, it's good if you can do that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, try and try and make an interesting presentation, basically, yeah. you know, d- don't be, uh, don't, don't sound bored. <laughs> oh. You know, I've heard people that, that kind of <laughs> talk monotone and, and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they don't seem like they enjoy their own work. Um, and, oh. you know, and, and, you know, it, that's not the, the worst possible thing, but, you know, it's, it's okay to be excited. Like your work is cool. Show it yeah. off, you know, be excited about it. Um, and I guess the, the last thing I would, I would advise, it, it's not really for giving the presentation, but if you're watching one, don't be a jerk when you ask a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they, you know, e- even if you think somebody is very, very wrong about something, like you, if, if you think they are genuinely incorrect about something, talk to them after, like, don't, yeah. Don't yeah. don't make it a big public thing and try and embarrass right, right. Them. like that's that's not cool. Don't do that. That's not um, cool. And you know, and if you if you want to ask a question or get a clarification, you know, try and ask it in a nice way. It doesn't hurt mm-hmm. you to do that. Um, you know, if they if they respond in a in a mean way, then that just makes them look bad. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. just be nice. It doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt to be nice ever. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to something like this. So this is good. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's I want to add thing, so. something to Monica's mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Um, I mean, because at least what I've seen, a lot of grad students, we mm-hmm. naturally like to work alone sometimes, like most of the mm-hmm. time. Absolutely. We tend to be less vocal or social. Mm-hmm. Um, so then at least when I was an undergrad, I went to this conference and then I just found so many of the grad students don't know how to present. Like they yeah. just, they, they're not very good at telling a story or, you know, mm-hmm. being very mono, monotone. Um, so I think like having a platform where we can just talk about it in a relaxed manner will really mm-hmm. help. Really oh, help. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. If, if anybody's listening to this and they want to like give a practice talk, yeah. reach out hundred percent. Yeah. Um, that is, that, that's Contact a good, Dr. Ben, yeah, that's a good, info. that's a good place to do that. Um, but the, the other thing you can do too is is you know give a practice talk in your group uh you know you just get a couple of people you know, i i did that when i was a graduate student as well you know we we you know, we gave talk like as we we did talks as part of like a group meeting or whatever um but you know if you had a 
if you had some something coming up and you needed to give a practice talk for you, you know, you could I could pretty much always ask at least a couple of people and say, Hey, can you come watch this real quick? You know, take 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And they'd watch it and say, you know, okay, this this looks good. I would change, you know, this was a little confusing, you know, on this slide, it's really busy. You know, I, I can you take some of this stuff out, you know, that kind of stuff. That's, you know, it, and trust me, I, I get the working alone thing. Like I'm, <laughs> I, I very much need my solitude time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that that's part of why I don't, I don't mind working at night. Some is yeah. I, I like having that, that sort of downtime decompress, mm-hmm. just, you know, be by myself and, and mm-hmm. focus on things, you know, on my own. Um, but it's good to, you know, in, in a lab group, you know, you should, I, I think part of, part of being a good collaborator and colleague is being willing to help out other people yes absolutely yeah helping you know troubleshoot an experiment or show somebody how something works or whatever but it's also stuff like being willing to watch a practice talk and and give some feedback Mm -hmm. you know and again don't be a jerk (laughs) like you, you can you can tell you can tell people i don't i don't like how this you know this the way this sounds doesn't seem quite right um you know but you can do that nicely and say you know like don't, don't just say like this is trash you can say yeah. like, okay oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know this <laughs> yeah. this slide's a little confusing here's why it's a little confusing you know to me it would make in, in my head it makes more sense if you did x y and z right yeah and so like that's that's the kind of thing that that sort of goes into that that group vibe as well like you know if you want to have a good group you need people that are willing to work with each other. And it doesn't mean you yes. got to be best friends, right? You know, you, you have your own life, but you, you know, being willing to being willing and able to work with other people uh, in, in a positive way is, is a big thing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then also, I guess the group shouldn't like, if you have a question on like, how do I use this machine? Even though it's a very simple machine, like you should be able to ask somebody oh, for 100%, help. Yeah. You know, absolutely. not just be like, oh, I don't know. I'm scared. They're going to make fun yeah, of well, me. Yeah. I mean, like that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we tell our students is like, look, don't, even if you've asked before, ask again, I would yeah. much rather tell you how to do something again, than have something break or you get hurt or, you yes. know, some experiment, you know, like a chemical leak out into the lab. Like I, I do yeah. not mind telling you again how to do something because mm-hmm. it means you're, it means you, you care about learning. Mm-hmm. It means that you're paying attention to details. Like you know, you're, you're making sure that you're doing everything right. I got yes. no problem with that. Oh yeah, um, sure. yeah. So yeah, no, hundred percent. Like always, and 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 that that was, I guess, going all the way back to the the mentor, you know, role model kind of stuff. Yeah. That was one of the things that that my my grad advisor Prashant taught us as well was like you always always be willing to help out somebody else um you know what you know let them let them use your equipment stuff like that you know again within reason you know if they're they're doing something that's going to damage the equipment yeah you don't have to let them damage the equipment but you know if they come to you and say hey you know i'm trying to do this thing i think this will you know i think your your equipment will let me do that can you help me run it yeah, help yeah. them out. <laughs> it, yeah, that, yeah it, it it costs you nothing. Help them out. It, it makes science better, and makes you know that's yeah. that's the way it should be. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes science better. I love yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> think of it that way. Yeah, yeah. it's very good. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing all of these insights and yeah, you know absolutely. your experiences. They 
you had a great mentor you had you're yeah. you're amazing yourself and you're sharing <laughs> all of you. your yes I, I see the theme of like where you're really bringing yeah. your dad's legacy and you know like yeah, just bringing like, being you're very kind yeah I had one more question before if yes. asked the final one though okay. have you ever had a leak of the anhydrous HCl yes yes <laughs> well we got we got, in, we, we got in trouble yeah okay um yeah we had two leaks uh fairly close together uh, so, yeah. so the way in, in our building we have um gas sensors so like okay. even in the hoods like they have gas sensors for depending on what you depending on what you're running so like if it's you know like co or co2 they have sensors outside the hood because you know obviously they're dangerous if they they get out um uh, but it's not you know but they're not going to cause damage inside the hood um, okay so they don't generally have they, they i think they have leaks or they have, they have sensors sometimes for where the where the tanks are set up, depending on how they're set up in the lab. But for like for the anhydrous HCL, we actually have a sensor inside the hood at the back, like at the bottom at the back. And then we also have a sensor that's right up underneath the skirt of the hood. Okay. Um, and so the idea is that, you know, HCL is heavy enough that if it leaks, you know, even mm. though it's even though it is probably not going to get out um, because it's just going to react immediately um, because anhydrous HCL will just snap up water like that. And will corrode metal like crazy um it you know you don't want it you don't want it leaking out you want you want to know if if, if, if anhydrous hcl is leaking out from somewhere in your system yeah. um and so before we, this was before we knew about the helium leak detection as sort of like the gold standard so we actually oh. uh after it happened we got in trouble we had to shut down and like basically talk to we what we ended up doing was talking to the guy that actually installed the sensors so it's uh okay. his name's richard douglas he works with like Savannah River National Lab. Like he's he he knows what he's doing when it comes to gas sensing and things like that. And so we talked to him and was like, you know, how you know, what do you do? Um, and he was like, Heli the helium leak detection is the gold standard. And we were fortunate because our we have a mass spectroscopy center, um, and they actually have a helium leak detector. Um, so they had that, and so we could take that. One of our collaborators had a tank of helium that he, they weren't using. They said. Yeah, borrow it, use it, <laughs> you know, do do the leak detection. And so and we were able to track down where the leak was. It turns out it was actually the the connection to the tank itself had very slightly loosened. And that's where the leak was. So we, we actually thought the leak was from the 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 end of the piping. So like where it was coming, like after it passed through the electrolyzer and we have we have a, a basic solution that it bubbles through. So we keep, you know, pH 14 saturated basic solution, you know, to to just neutralize everything that comes out. We thought it was escaping from there. Um, but it turns out it was actually just a very slow leak coming from right at the tank itself. So, mm -hmm. you know, we did the helium leak detection. We found it, closed it up. And that was where we actually did the nitrogen pressurization where we would, you know, we pressurize it to 30, 40, 50 PSI, let it sit overnight and check and see if it's in the same place. If you've got all your leaks contained, it should be basically the exact same spot. And it was. And so, you know, then we were able to run everything. That was what, yeah, that was, that led to the 10 hour, uh, you know, marathon data collection, all that. So yeah, no, anhydrous HCL is, is, it, it is not fun to work with. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping after this last experiment, we're mostly done with it, but uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely a challenge, but it, it, it ended up being a good thing because it, it taught us a lot about the the prep the proper preparation that we needed to do so like we've done some other work with sulfur dioxide electrolysis and so mm -hmm. we you know we we applied all the exact same principles of like before we before we run any of it here's all the checks that we need to do so we did the exact same helium leak checks we found a couple of like 
you know, piping connections that were that were leaking a little bit and we couldn't get them tightened up. So we just replaced it, you know, and so it's just little things like that. Uh, you know, as long as you apply the lessons that you learn, you know, it's OK. <laughs> like mm-hmm. You're going to make mistakes. Try and make sure they're not catastrophic ones and yeah. then learn right. from them and, and, you know, move forward. Yeah. That's great. Good advice. Yeah, gas leaks. Yeah. Yeah. Any any leaks is definitely not oh, good. Yes. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, all right. So thank you again for sharing all of these insights and stories. And Absolutely. it's been great fun talking about uh, I've had a blast. all of this. Yeah. Um, just one last question, because sure. we are a nano based technology podcast. Yeah. Um, and I know you work with nanomaterials too. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the future of nanotech? <laughs> uh, I think I think there's going to be a lot of nanotech. Um, I, some of the stuff. So I have a friend who works on like like nanoscale sensors. So it's like they're like wearable sensors, but you know it's all about doing chemical reactions on you know mm-hmm. just small small nanoscale levels to be able to have these wearable sensors and you know for various types of things. You know, I think the the applications are like diabetes and you know detecting uh you know stuff that's coming out in sweat and things like that right so like i you know the any anything that's wearable that will be sensing I, I think will be a big nanotech thing um there's some really cool stuff going on with um like like nanoscale n- nano to microscale reactors okay. where people are like you know they're figuring out how to do reactions and then separate the products without having to do an actual separation like a physical you know like distillation or something like that. Like they, they can just flow it and control the flows and it, it separates like 99%, you know, purity and things like that. Wow. Um, so that, that could be something. Um, yeah. If we could do that with nanotubes, that would be great. Just that would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like one off, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that'll be one of the other big things is just anything, anything with catalysis. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, figuring out how to, to, how to make small particles and keep them stable um that'll be a big thing um let's see what else oh energy like like uh computer chips and things like that like they're those are somehow still getting smaller um you know quantum computing you know all that stuff like any 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 electronics and and uh computing based stuff for sure is like i mean i guess they're they're pretty much already there but you know it'll be cool to see what they do to like somehow manage to push it even further because i think they're, they're, they're down to like two or five nanometer scales for the the transistors and things like that like that's yeah two is supposed to be coming world. out like I'm yeah mind. exactly for the iphones like wow oh, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy yeah so no I, yeah I'm, I'm really i'm looking forward to it because people are coming up with all kinds of cool stuff uh, and and the creativity that people are showing is is something else yeah, yeah. and that's not to say that we don't have nanotech in real life oh, right now yeah 100 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you if you have one of those QLED TVs, you're that's that's nanotech. Oh, right yeah, there, yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, quantum dots. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that brings it. I'll mention because I know you mentioned um, uh, nanoseconds versus femtoseconds, mm-hmm. but comparing those two scales, nano is very slow in that in that sense. Oh yes. yeah. <laughs> nano yeah, is absolutely. a slow one in that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that regard. So maybe. It, oh yeah, all, all the all the femtosecond stuff was wild. Like that, that, that is wild. Seeing, yeah, that's seeing electrons cool. actually form and like sit for a little bit and then do something—that's that's crazy. Yeah, and that that would have been, I guess, maybe ten years ago when you were doing that research. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. who knows where we are? Now. Yeah, yeah, oh god, I'm so. Old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, the 
I really, I, from what I recall, like when when I was still there, there was a company that was talking about like an atto second. They they were basically gauging interest of like, if we built this system that could do atto second transient absorption, would you be interested? Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I don't know. Maybe they haven't done that yet. But the fact that you could, I mean, if you're on an atto second scale, you could literally see like all the electrons that are generally, like, you know, if you, if you shine like a, like a photoactive material, you hit it with sunlight, you could actually see even the ones that, that recombine almost instantaneously, you could probably catch that. And all of a sudden now you're starting to like probe the most fundamental processes. I mean, that's, that's crazy to think about, but yeah, you know, it's, it's not a matter of if, but when <laughs> it's, yes. just, it's yeah. crazy. And just to clarify for everyone that is 10 to the minus 18 attoseconds. So that's, yes. that's a yeah. lot. Yeah. That's fast. Yeah, 10 to the minus 15. Yeah. No, 15, 18. 18. 18. Oh, God. Yeah, 18. You're right. <laughs> I think the yeah. Fento is the 15. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Pico is 12 and Femto is 15. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're good. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah Otto is crazy. If we, yes. Otto science in 100 years mm -hmm. from now. Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Yeah. No, it, it is ridiculous. Yeah. That's that's crazy. That we'll yeah. stick to the nano. That's my preferred yes, that's, ten yeah, to the minus nine. I'll stick to that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Nano scale is is just fine for me as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Again, thank you again for sharing all of your insights and yeah, stories with us. This has been really on. fun, and I oh, I've had a blast. I'm going to look up that botany Black Panther. Yeah, <laughs> oh, please yeah. do. Link yeah, in yeah, the absolutely. description for everything Doctor Ben has said today. <laughs> just, yes. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll do lots of tweeting uh, i guess instagramming maybe we'll do we'll we'll switch on over to mastodon as well like, yeah I there you that's, go <laughs> that's where everyone's heading yeah right yeah oh goodness well thank well, you both again it, it was really a lot of fun yeah thank you again and i guess that's all the nano for today thank you guys thanks everybody and Bye. stay curious <laughs>